and as much as we rejoice at Easter, we must hold on to what Good Friday is all about. You see, Good Friday is only good if the resurrection is true, but Good Friday is good because of one purpose. That, that was the moment in history that God decided to reconcile Himself to His people. Like for, uh, up until that moment in time, there was only one way to come to God, and that was through sacrifice in the temple. And God had been orchestrating this moment in history for years and years and years. He had talked about it way back in Genesis chapter 3. And I was reading over in the Gospels uh, the, the story of Good Friday and of the resurrection. And if you remember the story, there's moments uh, right before Jesus is arrested that he's having some intimate fellowship with his disciples. And they're in the upper room and they're celebrating the Passover. Right, there's some intimate moments, are there not? Right, and so Jesus takes his cl three closest friends, they leave the upper room, and they go and they, he says to the disciples, hey, stay here and pray, and as you pray, I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to pray even deeper. And he's going to begin to beg the Father for some things, and he begs the Father that this cup would be taken from him. That if there's any other way for this to happen, that God, you would make that way happen. And yet, Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. And then he gets up after the prayer and he goes with his disciples. And then in those moments, right after that, it, the, the, the mob comes for Jesus. Remember that? And Jesus doesn't really defend himself. And then you see over a course of the next few hours, he's abandoned by his closest friends. I, I don't know if you've ever been abandoned or rejected by someone. Anyone? And think about the pain when it's even a closer friend. Well, these are the guys that spent three and a half years with him. The pain of that moment. Like the, the moment he really needed his friends around him. They abandoned him. And then in John, it says that he's mocked and he's beaten. And he's drilled into his head this crown of thorns. And he, he's beaten all that Jesus went through alone. Well, we get a snapshot back in Isaiah. And so let's turn to Isaiah. I'll read a few verses. And I'll skip down. I'll tell you where I'm skipping down to. Isaiah chapter 52. God is talking through the prophet of Isaiah. And he says this, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. And he shall be high and lifted up, and he shall be exalted. And many are astonished at you. And now here it goes. His appearance was so marred beyond human recognition. But think, think about that for a moment. Like he was so beaten beyond even what, what it would look like to be human. And we could have snapshots of that. I mean, we've seen the news and we've seen 
brutality in the news and people getting beat? Have we seen those pictures? Well, this is a thousand times beyond that. And then it says this, his form beyond that of the children of mankind. Let's skip down to 53 verse 2. For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. I'm grateful for that one line in this. He knows grief, which means he knows when I'm grieving. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. This is Good Friday. This is what happened on Good Friday. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. That's what makes Good Friday good, is the chastisement of God was placed upon him, not on us, because it was placed on him. We have the opportunity to have peace. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Like all of us have gone astray like sheep. We have turned everyone to his own ways. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquities of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth. Like a lamb that was led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before the shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. But oppression and judgment he has taken away. And as for his generations who's considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken from the transgressions of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit on his mouth. Yet it was the will of the, of the Lord to crush him. I think a lot of times we think that the cross, that what took Jesus to the cross was sin. If I were to poem the majority of people, we'd say that sin took Jesus to the cross. Well, that's not what that verse says. What took Jesus to the cross was God for our sins. That's so important to hear. It was not your sin and my sin that took Jesus to the cross. It was God's will to take Jesus to the cross to accomplish for me what I could not accomplish, which was the forgiveness of my sins. You see, Good Friday isn't because of sin. 
It's because of the will of God to redeem sin. That's so important. Like God could have chosen any way he wanted to do it. Like he, he could have chosen to keep the old sacrificial system in place. But his desire, the will of the Father, was to crush his son on our behalf so that we could have reconciliation with God the Father. Amen? It was the will of the Lord to crush him. And, he was, and put on him grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offering and he shall so prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his souls, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one be my servant. Make many to be made many to account as righteousness. He shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he has poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sins of many and makes intercessions for their transgressions. You see, if we don't come and we don't see Good Friday for what it is, the will of God to crush His Son on our behalf, then we'll never really understand the celebration that must take place on Sunday, can we? If we miss Good Friday, we will miss celebrating on Sunday. You see, my hope and my prayer this week has been that we would come and we'd prepare our hearts and that we would, really would grieve. That we would grieve that God had to send His Son. Think for a moment, you sending your son or your daughter. And yet that was the will of God. And so Jesus never opened His mouth, never came in defense. And He was beaten beyond recognition. He, he was humiliated and laid naked on a cross in front of people. And then mocked as he hung there on the cross, alone. The, the only disciple that came around that day was John, the beloved. Judas had already hung himself, Peter had scattered, and, and the, red, the other Ten had gone who knows where. And yet Jesus tells Pilate, if you remember, if I wanted to, I could call down legions upon legions to save me, but yet I don't. Because it's not my will, but it's the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is to crush me so that my Father would have reconciliation with his people. And you see, there has to be reconciliation because of your sin and my sin. Our sin is what we must have forgiven to be reconciled to God. And so yes, it's the will of the Father to send Jesus to the cross, but it's because of my sin. And it's because of your sin. 
And my hope and prayer that tonight you'll grieve your sin. And that tomorrow you'll get up and you'll have this moment of grief. But see, the beauty is, Sunday's coming. Amen? You, you see, but we won't get Sunday unless we grieve tonight and tomorrow. If we don't properly grieve what took Jesus through the will of God to the cross to reconcile us to God, then, then Sunday's just another day. And we're going to come and we're going to come back here. And my prayer is that we come back and we celebrate the resurrection of Christ Jesus. But we must grieve tonight. Tonight we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. This happened the moments before Christ was to be betrayed. He said this to His followers. This is my body and this is my blood. This is being poured out for you and this is being broken for you as a sign of the new covenant. Remember, the old covenant was the sacrificial system. The new covenant is Christ and what He did for us on the cross. What are you saying is the old sacrifice, the old system is done away with. There's a new way and I'm the new way. I'm the way, the truth, in the life. And so tonight, I want us to prepare our hearts as we take the Lord's Supper. Now, Paul says in Corinthians that we must examine ourselves before we come to the table. And we're not to come to the Lord's table in an unholy or unworthy manner. What Paul is meaning by that passage is that there's anything in us that would separate us from God, that's sin, that we must confess that before we take this. If we take it in an unworthy manner, he, he said, we're to be pitied. And I can't think of a better day for us to ask forgiveness of our sins than on Good Friday. And so as you prepare your hearts, in a few moments, I'll pray and then I'll ask you to come forward and I'll hold the bread in one hand and I'll hold the cup in another. Just take a, a pinch of the bread and dip it to the cup. If you're here as a family, I'd ask you uh, either to pull off to the side and pray together or go back to your seats. However, you want to take the Lord's Supper, take it. But remember, this is the symbol of a broken body and blood poured out. And it's only accomplished because of the cross. Let's take a few moments to prepare our hearts.